Uh, good morning, uh, everyone, and welcome to Fallout Podcast episode 48, aka I thought the vitamins would change my life. It is a futile fall showdown, all 525 songs going head to head in an ultimate yet meaningless showdown split into four eras, 7, 7, 8, 5, 8, 6, 9, 3, and others. Uh, up tonight, a Mazeroski's daughter versus petty thief bracket lout. Uh, light slash fireworks versus don't apostrophe take the pizza Susan versus youth club versus gotta see versus Jane and weather report not one but two versus nine out of ten <laughs> lots of verse shenanigans going on in those titles joined as always by Michelle Pippington Chippington Beard Billy Rugby back to the Big Apple to take over his fifth major league team how are you today, Philip? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm a little bit bleary-eyed from the late night, but uh, other than that, all smashing in tickety-boo. Aye, aye. And Lord S. Temple, scenically attractive with a stunning Sandy Bay. How are you, Ezra? <laughs> My Sandy Bay welcomes all. Very good. And T-Bone Pemberton Walker, featuring hot springs, volcanoes, flamingos, and cactus-covered islands. Hi, hi. Morning, morning. Morning. <laughs> And uh, joined probably by a tiny Tim Twa <coughs> retrieving the hand of Iroxos to open demonic portals at Manor Rock Cavern. He has clawed his way out of his COVID bed to report back. Beautiful. And I am Team T3 Beards. Soon enough, I'll learn the painful truth. And uh, before we crack into it today, a hastily gathered Futures and Past featuring only Lee Bloody Scratch Perry. And I'm going to take some time to play a few songs by the Dub Shepherd. And we can all have a good old listen and talk about how they influenced or didn't the fall. Oh, oh I am. I am. He's doing it. it. Look at him. Shall never fade away 
Yeah, so just a little bit of a sprinkling there of some, you know, 70s era scratch. Um, City Too Hot from Zion Blood is off Super Ape, which is one of his best albums. And uh, the that last one, the Soul Fire, I love the vocal on that. I just love his kind of strained vocal uh, off uh, the album Roast Fish, Collyweed and Cornbread, which is another one of his uh, classics. So Lee Scratch Perry, he only died last year, 85 years old and a pioneer of the dub, uh, called the Dub Shepherd back in the day, produced early Bob Marley and Junior Mervyn. He, he got well known for his band called The Upsetters. Started off with Cox and Dodd, one of the big rock steady producers, and got famous for his disc record, People Funny Boy, which the fall uh, massacred. Uh, built his studio, the Black Ark, in his back garden, and basically revolutionised reggae production. Like those drums and stuff on the on the Super Ape track is uh, are just really indicative of that. Um, then it burned down. He said he burned down himself. He moved to Switzerland um, and just kept making records for like 50 years. Did a lot of good stuff with the Mad Professor in the 80s and 90s. Uh, yeah, Ezra, any, any Lee Scratch Perry fall stuff in your life? Oh, lots of both. I, I mean, you know, just listening to that, it kind of occurred to me that my uh, journey as a fan, as a big fan of both units, is bizarrely similar because you know like like i'm sure all of us the first lee perry tracks i was listening to were the kind of black arc era ones and i heard a few of his later ones and i was like oh that production it's a bit 80s it's a bit clean it's you know it doesn't have that incredible psychedelic murk of the uh, black arc stuff not sure if i like it and then grudgingly forcing myself to listen to it a bit on a slightly deeper level with a bit more uh, maybe conviction and realizing that it's also really fucking great. And Lee Perry, like The Fall, is an artist where you really should listen to all of it. And some of it's maybe not, you know, not as just incredibly preternaturally insanely good as some of the other stuff, but there is so much good stuff in there and you'll find a lot of the best stuff in the darkest recesses and nooks and crannies. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Perry is to me like a great, great artist. And the other uh, connection I draw with the fall is that they're avant-garde without really, you know, codifying the fact like, you know what I mean? Yeah, anyway, I know what you mean. You know, that. That, that's spot on. I think it, it, the Smith and his group versus Perry and whoever the musicians were. And that's that idiosyncratic, lyrically, um, vocal style. He had so much range. And yeah, that production, that's what we, I was on the same, like all that 90s, that Mad Professor stuff that was coming out concurrently when I was listening. I was like, oh man, got that archaeology box set. And I was like, this is what we want the dirt. We want the grime of the Black Ark. But little by little, yeah, listening to um, stuff right through those gems. Phil, what about uh, this stuff for you? Well, I'm, I'm woefully ignorant, really, of a lot of Lee Scratch Power stuff. The, I mean, the things that were kind of putting me off a little bit were the fact that I was living in a homeless family at the time, wasn't I? I was surrounded by loads of kind of... Uh, <laughs> rascals shall we say who just listen to bob marley all the time really put me off listening just to legend on, on repeat just legend on repeat basically yeah, yeah. but um there's everything i've heard by lee scratch perry that you've kind of foisted upon me i've really enjoyed and and the thing that has always really stuck with me is that idea of um studio's instrument and actually going in and 
the producer being as fundamental to everything coming together as any of the other sort of creative partners involved in producing music that the actual management and curating and arrangement of everything else is this fundamental part of how records get put together if not more importantly really nowadays i see that as being really uh, peas in a pod with the fall and their attitude towards the studio it's it's been like that from, from day one isn't it uh, musically those those similarities are perhaps not as obvious on first lesson but uh, i think in spirit and approach and attitude very very similar yeah and there's there's a few tracks sprinkled through the second half of the of the fall stuff that i just pure dub but that was a bit of a trope for a lot of people and most people who did dubs at that time they were awful because they were just they, they weren't done by the person who was like the producer in the studio is the one who's the key to it right so there's perry's uh, touch how about uh, you, Alistair? Yeah, love Mr. Perry's great. Sad when he died last year. You can hear the, well, the fall stuff. Like, you know, the thing that stands out for me is probably the Kimball cover. There's so much great stuff by him. I really love uh, stuff like Bathroom Skank and uh, White Belly Rat. It's, it's like the humour in it. Uh, you know, you're a white belly rat, you're worse than a crow. How bad could you be to be worse than a crow? There's no worse than a crow, Alistair, is there? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, how can you not love somebody who was born in the sky, you know, um, and he's, he's massively influential as well. If, never a fan of Bob Marley, really thought he was a bit kind of poppy, where, you know, like Perry could take it kind of a bit more psyche, a bit more dirty. At the end of the day, they'd be cracking pop songs, you know, if you deconstruct them uh, and look at, you know, what goes into it, it it's technically beautiful pop. So yeah, yeah, we love you, Mr. Perry. We do indeed. So let's play the last uh, last little medley of three and then we'll move on to the main event. So up next, you have one of my favourites, Satan Kick the Bucket. Satan Kick the Bucket Satan Kick the Bucket Satan Kick the Bucket Boom! Boom and shit It's take Ain't it matey? Speak up the truth, pals Wrong or right Scratch few little words Scratch few little words says Big word tear jar And also big shit tear papa
I really, really, really want to. That is some great, great rock steady the scratch. We love you. You live on forever in our hearts. Set and kick the bucket, Black Belt Jones and People Funny Boy. But enough, enough meandering and on to the main event. Mazurski's daughter off of Dragnet. Get your ears ready for another treat. Been in the pot too long. Phil Rigby, what do you think of that? Well, this to me is like one of the quintessential Dragnet tracks. It's this is what you pay money for when you come to the Dragnet show. It's it, I listening to it quite a few times. It really reminded me of um, the start of Video Draw, where they pick up on that illicit transmission and it's all very transgressive and a bit sort of you shouldn't really be watching this or listening to this or whatever. And it's it always puts me in that kind of mind when I'm listening to anything off Dragnet, really. Maybe not Chockstock, but most of the other stuff on it. And this this does exactly the same thing. It's like you're listening into something that you shouldn't even be listening to. I mean, musically, it's very uh, brute. You've got that clean, aggressive guitar going all the way that just cuts through everything. Sort of tribal tom drumming that's, uh, that builds up that mysterious atmosphere around stuff. And then these, these kind of uh, really bizarre words that seem to hint at cannibalism and all kinds of weirdness going on. So, yeah, I, I love this. This is what I come to the fall for. And I think it's uh, it showcases everything that was great about Dragnet. Really. Aye, aye, yeah, yeah, Ezra. Well, you know, from the blissful amniotic reveries of Lee Perry's reggae to the harsh realities of the fall... <laughs> Um, this is such an interesting, interesting song. Lyrically, it's really, really fucking strange because it, it's about this character, Mazawera, who I guess was always a man of the cloth. So, yeah, so Zimbabwe. And apparently it was written by Kay Carroll, who saw this fella as a kind of an Uncle Tom, offensively Uncle Tomish. And so it, it's really weird and somewhat off-putting the kind of imagery of somebody being cooked in a pot. <laughs> I don't know if they knew they were being such edgelords when they recorded this song and like kind of wrote through the lyrics. But, you know, and in, in through the prism of today, you know, I, I, I feel like it's certainly a bit dodgy. <laughs> the dodgiest 
Paul lyrics. I mean, really? if we're going to go there, there's there's the other like kind of classical, classical sure. example. And I feel like that's actually a storm in a teacup. You know, like I don't I don't I don't feel like it's offensive in the least. But and I'm not saying that this, these are my opinions, but I feel like if you wanted to call a full song offensive, this might be the one. Ooh, yeah, um, we didn't get to hear what they thought about his successor, Robert Mugabe. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, K. Carol strayed into some areas which I'm guessing in, in the late 70s were not quite as a, um, politically a hot topic, although I don't know. However, what about that riff, Ezra? I, it's fantastic. Like I said, musically, it's fucking flawless. And sure, so Smith uh, kind of uh, tried to steer it in another direction by saying it was for all our lads who died in the Boer War, which uh, probably didn't make things any better, to be honest. Arguably worse. <laughs> oh, Keep digging, Mark. <laughs> exactly. Alistair, what about this track for you? I had absolutely no idea what it was about, so it's an education. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a brilliant song, isn't it? Smith's kind of like doing the uh, lovely squeals in there, which is, is great, kind of like pushing the uh, Emasu Mac box. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun dirge. It's that, you know, like classic Dragnet sort of rough-ass production. The toms, the, the use of the toms on there really kind of remind me a little bit of... Uh, Joy Division and uh, yeah you mentioned that you know it's that guitar lead on the verse is, is really quite nice um, so there's a, there's a lot of things in there that, that stand out and lyrical uh, dubiousness aside as a as a musical track absolutely that kind of like that Xeroxed kind of riff but the black and white starkness of the of Dragnet's cover and that lo-fi production really matched in that riff I think nice mess screeching as we've said it's insistent in the in the way the best fall tracks are it just starts and everything's just prodding and prodding and prodding and prodding all the way through i i don't like it as much when it goes into the bigger kind of fuller sound which is interesting because the next track does that as well and i much prefer those more kind of intertwining lines uh, than the than the meaty full-on sound uh, and at, at the end right at the end it detunes into this kind of uh, it keeps it kind of falls apart and that would have been beautiful to be kind of like a midsection of the song but yeah great tune all other things aside what does Tim Three think of the Mazurowski's daughter? It's funny you should ask that, Brent. I shall check for you now. He's poor. Always found this one really fucking weird. I find it impenetrable but delightful at the same time, like an intoned black mass over the hypnotic guitar line. Love the screeching Mark Vox at points. I used to dislike this one for some reason. I was wrong. Wrong, eh? Well, let's wait till he hears Ezra's hot take and he might uh, change his mind. It's up against Petty Thief Lout from the Couldn't Get Ahead Rolling Danny single in 1985, but eventually turned up on This Nation Saving Grace reissues or expanded editions, etc. Let's have a little bit of a listen and see what that sounds like. Documentary that it produced. Mm-hmm. 
Ezra, what about this one? This one a little bit more safer ground, shall we say? Street crime? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I was expecting to really love this song. It's, a, it's from a great era. So yeah, when it came in, you know, and you hear that kind of almost Hawaiian swoon of guitar, I was like, wow, this is kind of interesting. And then it just kind of devolved into indie mulch. You know, it's it's good indie mulch. And, the, you know, like I love in the lyrics that he, he describes the thieves as up the drain pipe rapid he did sprout so i love that almost kind of gardener's world kind of image of thieves sprouting up drain spouts and then it's got this great fucking classical marky smith joke where he's like f prints f prints on the fingers fingerprints on the fingers you know that's a real rim shot there it's fantastic um but yeah musically i just found it you know verging on the turgid not quite in the turgid but really circling the rim of turgidity Virgin on the turgid. Alistair, what about for you? Yeah, I quite like it. You, know, you can get a good walking pace to this when it's got a nice rhythm for uh, for having a trot. Um, and yeah, as we all know, it's all about uh, Tom Petty nicking all the fall songs. It's okay. Yeah, it, it would have been really shit, I think, in the hands of lesser types than the, than the fall. The, the slide guitar, and it's bloody brilliant. It just should, that should be miles louder. And I think that the, the rhythm guitar kind of detracts from it. If you do listen to it, just like focus on the slide, it's really nice stuff in there. You know, you, they're doing the, the Pixies default, or what became the Pixies default quiet loud thing. You know, the quiet bits, you've got some really nice subtle drums as well. So, yeah, it's definitely got its good points. I feel the same. I think that slide guitar is beautiful, and I think the, the initial kind of quiet parts are the best parts of the song. And then when it comes in, it all sounds a bit like madness. Um, <laughs> and not the kind of madness we like. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of Suggs and the Boys. I'm less enamored with that. Keep it spindly, lads. That's what I would say in all of these things. If you take it away, I'd always heard it as part of this nation's saving grace. Uh, if you take it out of there, I, I really like it a little bit more because I think it does. It is a, a sweet B-side that, that I think they've tried to make it a little bit more than it was. I wonder if, if a Pan Pipe aficionado Simon Rogers was influenced on that, on some of those decisions. He's, he's getting the blame for anything that's a bit uh, mouldy and jazzy. In the hands of another band, I think, like uh, like I was saying, it could have been, it could have gone uh, worse. But I could also imagine it in the hands of someone like Tortoise or someone like that being a really nice tune. Somebody like taking it off into some really jazzy kind of directions it could have been sweet, but. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a chance missed. Um, and and none of the lyrics stood out, strangely enough, um, other than the, uh, the drain pipe one, which I did write then, which was nice. Yeah, Philip, what about you? So, yeah, I think, like, Al, it was the uh, the slide guitar that jumped out at me, first of all. It, and it, it brought back a memory of being in a gig in Wigan, watching some solo guitarist doing a, a pub gig. I think he was doing, like, a Von, Mar Von Morrison song. And then, but, at, like, every other... The break he just shouted down the microphone Hawaiian and then played some slide guitar, some like really weak slide guitar over the top. 
And every time I heard the intro to this song, I was I was put back in that gig. It's it's the nicest bit. And then, like everyone else has said, it it, it kind of just it goes into that two chord thing that they've they've used so many times before, and they've done it so many times better. Really, it's inoffensive, and I can't think of a of a worse thing to say about a fall song. Well, thankfully, the other one doesn't have that going for it. But it is time after we've heard from Tim for um for a vote. So what does he what does T three Thank well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Shella. It's, it's put what a contrast to the last track. Meditative, glassy slides in the intro. It's a shame that when the main riff kicks in, it all sounds a bit plodding and regular. Don't mind it, and the bass line almost makes up for the shortcomings. But I think I prefer it if it stayed in suspended and ghostly mode and threw the rest away. Good stuff for an outtake, though, and I've enjoyed hearing it again. Yeah, we all agree. What a strange world this has become. Um, let's take a vote, though. Philip, uh, Mazurowski's daughter, and I know I'm saying that wrong. Apologies to the It's not that you're saying it wrong, it's the fact that you're saying it differently every time, which I'm more impressed Apologies with. to the deceased ex-Prime Minister of Rhodesia. <laughs> Which he never was the prime minister, though. All right, well, yeah, yeah, I thought it was for, for like a was it not like an interregnum thing? Uh, maybe like because my understanding is that he kind of was more of a broker for a kind of representational election. Okay, well, next time we get somebody Just on who's an expert in, in a African transitional politics, we'll we'll quiz him, but in the until now, we'll have to remain in a really in a state of, feeling we'll be able to continue this a state of non knowledge. Let's, let's, pause, vote. let's pause the whole podcast. I'm voting for Mazurowski's daughter. <laughs> but purely so we can get that Africa expert in. Yes, Ezra, which one are you going for? Yeah, or well, you know, it's a masterclass in Squeak. I'm, I'm going for the Mazurowski's daughter. All righty, Alistair. Yeah, I'm, I'm also looking forward to the uh, African politics episode. And the other lad, what's his name? Tim, what's he think? He's, uh, he's, he's agreed with us. We're all, all in right. agreement on this one. We're all in agreement. It goes through against our better judgments. And we it's listen really now. One of the signs of the end of times, isn't it? When we all agree on something. I know, good <laughs> Lord. So let's see. If it happens in all four, we're done for. Light firework. Fireworks, can't fathom it. Fireworks. Coming up to the dawn here. 
one of those burnt embers is fireworks. Oh la la, fireworks. Uh, the final track from the top 10 LP, the infotainment scan. Alistair, what do you make of uh, light slash fireworks? Well, I'm not a huge fan of uh, entertainment scam sort of era, for telling the truth. It might have been because uh, I was, you know, finding more interesting stuff out there at the time. It might have been because, uh, you know, when they were doing this LP, they were on the major and having to sort of like do kind of commercial sending stuff. But like this, yes. <laughs> yeah, th this one's great. It's, uh, it's got a nice kind of cut up, rocky sort of sound to it. A bit of, uh, you know, some nice squelchy uh, synth stuff in there. The beginning of it, I love, you know, just the, the groovy lo-fi experimental feel to it. Very nice. I do like it. Yeah, it's uh, very sweet. And it's as one of their experimental tracks, especially from this era, totally unexpected. And I saw it in the list and, I, and even though I've listened to Infotainment's kind of a lot, somehow this had not struck me. Struck me. Maybe I just skipped it or I never got to this part of the album, but... Uh, it was in the list, and I was like, I don't know why that song is. So I listened and I was like, wow, this is proper post Neil Eman Smith a decade or two before it actually emerged. The backward sounds, the squelchy synth in the first little bit with the uh, the cigarette, smoke your cigarette, it might be your last sample, uh, and then goes into that, what sounds like. I imagined he had it on the, a, a cassette. I was saying this to you, the was had it on the cassette, like a, a tape of like Dave the Computer, Dave the Computer Bush, it gave him a tape and he put it on the car and they're driving around with it playing and like really quietly in the background. And he's got the dictaphone like singing about the fireworks that are going on outside the, the kind of window and singing about the Chinese sky. And it's absolutely brilliant. And even the, the last 30 seconds where they've stuck on that Legend of Xanadu bit sounds way better here without the vocals and all of that stuff on it. So all in all, a, a beautiful experimental kind of track right up my street and alley. What about uh, Timothy? Good noise. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing I've ever heard. Always put good noise, skip piece, somehow it all hangs together. Kind of funky rhythmic snaps in the opening part. And Merck's Tom Waits impression is funny. Always happy to hear this. Beautiful. And what about yourself, Philip? Yeah, I, I was I wasn't sure at first, but the more that I've listened to it, it's it's really grown on me. I think there's loads of stuff in it. There's loads of ideas floating around. It's not like just one thing that he's trying to thrash out. There's there's quite a lot of stuff going on. It, it actually feels like um, a bit of current attention paid to this from a production point of view. Like you're saying, it's the way it starts and then the way it develops. There's elements of that. If that is what he's doing in the driving room, he's just he's just riffing over the top of um, some some things playing in the background. Then it does feel like there's elements that he's making up on the fly. But I, I'm I'm with Invisible Tim. Really, it does. It, it's all it all hangs together in the end, and it's surprisingly re-listenable to for for one of these. Because I'm, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the skit stuff that they do, but. I, I, I think this is uh, this is one of the better ones, yeah. It uh, rewards a few lessons. Aye, aye. Ezra, how about yourself? Right up your street, this, isn't it? Well, you know, I mean, this is one of my favourite last tracks to an album of all time. It's it's smashing. You know, I mean, when we started this podcast, and, you, you know, with all due respect to Alistair, because he, you know, he went through that in real time and, you know, bears the trauma of experiencing that in real time, but I'm just like a tourist. 
And I've been listening to these albums from the Falls Damned period, and I've been thinking they're really good. You know, I, I'm not going to get into the stickiness of how good they are vis-a-vis other Fall albums, but I will say the standalone items, they're fucking good records. And, and this is testament to a few things. Like, first of all, it's really got that Lee Perry vibe coming over it just in the way that it's just, there are all these found sounds that are from, from the kind of lived experience or environment of the musicians. And then, you know, testament, possible proof to Marky Smith's excellent, excellent, like, fucking lyrics. You know, the first things you hear from him, like the first three words are uh, fireworks, darkness, cascading. And, you know, that's that's just like, I mean, open anything with that, like a novel, a, a best man speech. You've got them in the palm of your hand. So is this is yeah it's beyond wonderful it's great dearly beloved we're gathered here today fireworks darkness cascading is that everyone it is isn't it let's have a listen to what it's up against which is don't take the pizza the 1990 high tension line b side what we listened to high tension line last week didn't we and now we got the b side which is this song which is don't take the pizza prime example of a song that I like, the riff I like, the melody I like, the lyrics I like, that is ruined by the title and the title being repeated all the way. And if it wasn't a pun on Don't Take the Piss, I think I would have actually been able to give this one a pass. Uh, that All that aside, it's a nicely propulsing song with some nice Mez delivery, a garagey kind of indie-ish kind of thing going on. That's <laughs> a very, very poor pun. Functional. There's a nice kind of sprawly guitar breakdown in the kind of mid mid five mix. Some nice tight snares. And I do like some of the lyrics. All that he's gone is shredded by the auto man. Uh, the glass ceiling, it did shake and then it did undulate. Birmingham nonsense from City that was once bronze. And uh, whether or not that auto man is a reference to our friend Daniel Lance Automan Monahan, or whether it is a reference to the Automan 
the TV show from the 80s in which uh, Auto Man, an intelligently artificial crime-fighting program that generated a hologram who was able to leave the computer and fight crime with his sidekick Cursor. Cursor, yeah. And he used to turn turn in 90-degree angles as well, which was like a a regular joke of the show. Very Tron, very Very Tron. Tron. Oh, the show was brilliant, second only to Manimal in in my... uh, Oh, the good stuff. In my weekly watching. But song. Because of the Golden Monkey. Oh, oh, that song, though. I don't know if I can give it. To, I'm giving it a yellow card for that, for that title, for offenses. Philip, what about you, though? I couldn't shake off the Hair Student vibe with it. It's just that Hair Student riff, isn't it? That's that's kind of been reused, and I didn't think they did. I mean, it's it's all right. It's again, it's another one that's got a nice energy about it as a song. And like Al pointed out, I think a bit of the theme today actually is the whole quiet, uh, loud dynamic, which crops up in quite a few of the songs. It's a bit like um, Petty Thief Loke, in as much as it's an idea, the, the musical idea that they've used before and they've done it better before. So it's to, to my mind, it was a bit of a poor man's version of Hey Student. I, uh, I I didn't I didn't I, I must admit I didn't pay too much attention to the lyrics in this, but uh, I will do now. <laughs> They've got up your nose so much. Lyrics I liked, other than the title. Don't, don't take the pi- don't take the pisser of me. <laughs> it's like, come on, come on, Mark, get the punk out. Exactly, because tonight I'm free. Uh, Ezra, what about this one? Don't take the pizza 1990 for you. Well, you know, I mean, to me, there's two kind of really down to the line decisions to be made with the playlist tonight. And this is one of them, because I think this track's fucking great. And contrary to you, Brendan, I fucking love the whole pizza gambit. And the thing that I really love about it and the thing that really makes it musically for me is the sound of Marky Smith, like almost like a kind of tabla player in a Indian classical unit kind of like counting out the beats <laughs> he's coming in with the don't take it don't take it don't, 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 don't take the pizza off me <laughs> <laughs> to me that's really super hilarious and super funny and so yeah you know I, I really really love this track actually I like I find it like comedy gold and you already you know you covered some of the best bits but in you know of the lyrics but there's also more gold in there i mean your brain splits each day from information anxiety from me pinch i cringe you dopey randy acid clone don't take the pizza off me slash fat cats see vamp watch out get rid of straight away get rid of like what a slogan get rid of straight away i mean why not i I'm, i'm into that so it's a multifaceted wonder as far as I'm concerned. And it was very interesting. I'm sorry, but I have to say this before I leave. Please it do. was very interesting to hear that it was the B-side to uh, High Tension Line, which, you know, I think the only coherent thing I said in the last podcast was that High Tension Line, it sounded like the group were kind of in some way paying a backhanded compliment to Sonic Youth. And this track is also a track where I was listening and I was like, oh yeah, that you know, like I can imagine Sonic Youth doing this, but with less <laughs> pizza-ish lyrics. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, that, that was interesting to hear that. Very, uh, very persuasive, very, uh, very good try to convince us. What does Alistair have to say, though? It's got a nice stompy beat to it uh, with, uh, you know, the, the snare fills that you, you mentioned before. Uh, quite tight, yeah. 
a decent bass line doing the you know quite loud thing. It's a decent song. It sounds a, I don't know incomplete somehow to me. It's like there's there is still something there that it's it's missing out on. Didn't get the hey student thing though, Phil. Um, there's a similarity like, but I don't think it's it's too similar. Regarding the pizza thing, I'm just a bit meh. You know, it's <laughs> don't really do much for me. But at the end of the day, it's, it's an okay song. Um, it's a, a decent B side, isn't it? I don't take the pizza of me. Tim, what's he bloody think? What do you reckon? You reckon he's going to love it? No, I'd say it's me. Uh, better than High Tension Line. Oh. Should have been the A side. Great little pop nugget. Vital and stripped down and fucks off well before I wanted to. I wonder if the fellow who was on a while back and was big on stats knows if this was ever played again. I've never seen much mention of it at all. Shame. Yes, I will ask Robert McLeod of the Bruce next time I see him if he knows. But as for now, it is a showdown vote number two. Light slash fireworks off 1993's infotainment scan or don't take the pizza off me from 1990. High tension lines B-side. I'm voting for light slash fireworks. What about you, Ezra? This is very tough. I'm going to wait. He's waiting. What about you, Phil? I'm going to wait. Yeah, I know you're going to wait, you shitbag. What about Alistair? Like fireworks. <laughs> you should have waited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about uh, Tim? Don't take the pizza. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right, it's 2-1. You two could still decide it. Phil, I'm coming to you. I'm going to let give Ezra the decider if he needs to. Pizza. All right, go on. You've got the decider, Ezra. Oh! It's done. We know what's happening. Very exciting. <laughs> I'm going to go with light and fireworks. Ah, good. That's the right choice, but it's not the choice I thought you would have made. And had Phil Rigby been, in that, been in that position, it is yeah, certainly not the choice. He was, wasn't he? Moving on to the best song of 2003, Susan versus The Youth Club. Best video. You know what? I'm going to find that other one. Have a, full, a fun watch. I haven't seen this yet. Have you not seen the video? The uh, the fan video? Oh, it's brilliant. Yep, yep.
So we were having some good old fun though, looking at the fan-made video which purred up the clips from Neighbours with this song, which is basically Smith rewriting the plot from the Neighbours episode where Susan falls over, bangs her head on the floor, and then goes to the nightclub thinking she's 16 years old. Also a plot in the ill-fated second season of Twin Peaks. So I wonder... It's all, all a much of a muchness. But Phil Rigby, what does this do for you? Well, that video was amazing, first of all. So that put me in a good frame of mind for this to this. Well, good uh, work from um, Ian McHugh. We love you, Ian. We love your work. Oh, we salute you, sir. It was an excellent, excellent fun video. Uh, it's great, this. It's a bit of a stonker, isn't it? And it bounces along nicely as a tune. I, I, I think um, I would never in a million years have thought that a neighbour's uh, B-plot would would have been the, uh, the the impetus for a fall song. But, you know, it's the fall is just the gift that keeps on giving. I like the production on this. I, I think uh, it, it really works. And after a few listens, I was uh, bopping away to it like anybody's business. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <coughs> Electro Clash, they might have called it back in the day. Ezra, what does this one do for you? Yeah, I love this track on so many levels. I mean... Uh, as a Neighbours fan, first of all, I'm really excited to learn of... I mean, this was after my time with Neighbours. I spent a great deal of years watching Neighbours. something I did with my life, and I, I think I learned a lot from it. And so it's glorious to see, you know, Marky Smith come out in support of people who habitually watch soap operas. And he's done that many times. And the other thing I really like about it is that, like, it seems to be almost a kind of crypto <laughs> duet between Marky Smith and his wife, Elena. I, I don't know if they'd been recently married or if they'd been married for a while when they recorded this, but there's this like lovely kind of give and take between the vocals where they're trading lines. And so <laughs> it becomes absurdly romantic, which is also possibly why I spent so many years watching Neighbours, because it was also absurdly romantic. I don't know. And then the other thing I think is that we should do a futures and pasts on Chrome because the more I listen to this late period fall, the more it reminds me of Chrome. Mm. Yeah, I think that era of putting the synths together with the with the rocking guitars didn't always work. I was not a fan of a lot of that kind of stuff, but this one really tickled my boxes but i've got some bad news for you ezra did you know that the very last episode of neighbors is due to her next monday it's finishing it's ending neighbors it's done yeah i won't miss it you know that was a phase <laughs> so you've not you've not kept up with it no, no, no. Oh, well, too bad. I'd like, I, I'm a cell block H man these days. Alistair, what about Susan versus Youth Club? I'm with Ezra on this cell block H thing, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's uh, It's got that electro disco y stomp with some guitar in there. I know what you mean with uh, it doesn't always work, but yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Um, not been out sort of like listening to it on the headphones yet, so uh, can't really comment on the walking stuff, but it's uh, it's definitely got a good sort of uh, steady pace to it, hasn't it? Kind of like shamany, proddy dodgy at times, like with it, you know, this, this squelchy techno y sounds, but it's not quite as commercial as that kind of territory. Uh, but yeah, I did a bit of research on this one and um, I asked somebody who we know called Susan whether or not she'd had any uh, 
conflict uh, with the youth club and uh, she happens so that's, that's the end of that but I did learn something about competitions involving marshmallows which sound very dangerous Oh, Toxtis O'Grady, USA <laughs> Will stickiest bogey Electro clash in a good way kitchen sink approach is what I've put lots of layers and it's pretty well mixed uh, I, I think it might have even benefited from some even bigger drums I think the drums are the part of it that, that don't uh, kind of stand up quite as well as the others. And there's a there's an actually a remix, which is one of the few good fall remixes. There's a bunch of remixes of fall songs, and very few of them are, are decent. But there is a decent uh, one off that same fall versus 2003, which was released on Action Records of all places. Uh, hopefully one day the chap from Action Records will come on. What's his name, Al? Gordon. Gordon from Action Records. We would love for you to come on to our podcast. Put the, the synths and the squelching and the guitars, everything is pushing forward. And, and I'm pretty sure at this point Pro Tools is happening with Mez and those vocals are being layered by uh, someone in the studio. And the safe and warm is uh, really nice. Susan had an accident, reverted back to age 16, went down to the youth club in the mirror, looked and started to scream. A similar thing happened to me when I was age 13. Reflection held picture of a man of 203 reading a book. I had no teeth to talk about that day. Badly drawn boy had confiscated them and put them in a moldy old acoustic case. Um, yes, some truth to all that. Dorian Gray-esque shenanigans but brilliant. I think Tim Twire would have a lot of time for this. Well, he's written quite a bit about this, so let's let's see what he's put. Early on in my fall listening, I picked up 50,000 fall fans can't be wrong to get a survey of the eras I didn't know at all. And this song and crop dust just jumped out and grabbed me by the short and curlies after the few bland years before it in the running order. Demented, scuzzy garage rock with plenty of filthy treatments and fuckery, like a sludgy soup of sound. Glorious shit, and I wish there was more like it. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and as with all of these things, they go off a little side street and then they come back to the main Fall Avenue and carry on on their way, uh, leaving beautiful detritus behind. Um, What about what it's up against? A proper shit cover of Gotta See Jane Off Are You Are Missing Winner. Let's have a listen to that. Red light, green light, go to the dark night, go to the pouring rain, I gotta see Jane. Window wipers, glitches, blushing, calling out her name, I gotta see Jane. Arms to find my way, to find my place in a world outside. I could not survive, I was left to drive. It comes to chase to win the race. It's not a part of me. I've gotta find what left behind. Red light, green light, going through the dark night, staying through the pouring rain. I gotta see change. Highway, highway, going up the highway, going on a wilderness, saying I gotta see Jane. A town of steel that they don't feel that it's surreal, it's not a part of me. I gotta find what I got behind. The constant chase to win the race, the frantic pace, it's not a part of me. I gotta find what I left behind, and I can feel. 
Yeah, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful song and a lovely melody. Cover, another R. Dean Taylor cover. Nice spoken delivery from Mez, but the backing is as generic as, as it gets. It's not quite waiting levels, but it's not far off. A pale facsimile. Mez over the original backing track would have sounded splendid, I thought. With your permission, I'm going to play a little bit of the original, Gotta See Jane, and let's have a co comparison party. I cannot fault his choice of song. That's a very Lee Hazelwood-ish uh, kind of song and splendid. But Smith, you did not do it justice, in my humble opinion. What about you, Ezra? Do you think he did it justice? Well, you know, I mean, if a foreign army invaded the country I live in and stormed the city and imprisoned me as an insurgent, I'm not going to say that I am an insurgent or not in this hypothetical scenario, but just if they thought that I was an insurgent and imprisoned me and hogtied me and then blasted a song at me like day in, day out, forever, and it was this song... I'd be quite happy because I'd be able to take solace in Marky Smith's voice. Outside of his voice, and I hadn't heard the original until you, you just played that, um, but yeah, outside of his voice, there's not much in this that makes me want to return to it. It might have been a nice palate cleanser, you know, between like Kick the Can and Hollow Mind on Are You Are a Missing Winner. And it may have served the purpose there. I haven't listened to the album front to back yet. But outside of that and outside of that other scenario, I don't think there's much to recommend it. Now, that's a three song tour de force, isn't it? <laughs> that's enough to have you turning off Are You Are a Missing Winner. And Crop Dust comes along and you say, I'll give it a bit more. I'll give it a bit more of a chance. And then he starts shouting Bastardo at the end and all is good. Alistair, what about this one? It, the original's beautiful, isn't it? I, love, I really love the strings and the, the sounds of the guitar and uh, it's just the composition. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. 
again, when it comes to fall covers, um, it's not the best one, is it? Um, Correct. It, they've, they've got it sounding somewhere more. It sounds more like wire than it sounds, you know, like the original song. From that past well, again, what, where are you getting wire from? Right, there's a, there's a, a the riff, uh, the guitar riff. Um, there's a song on, on Pink Flag. It's quite yeah. a fast tune. Can't remember the name of it. It's really, really reminds me of that. Okay, I'm going to check Pink Flag out later because it doesn't not remind me of anything. <laughs> Fair enough. You're a student, dig, Al. <laughs> you deserved it. You deserved every every word, and I meant it all. Um, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Half Man Half Biscuit as well, like, but uh, not as interesting. Um, so yeah, not my favourite, and it's a cover. I give you the half man half biscuit in the sense they do those fairly generic sounding jangly indie countryish tracks, but because of uh, Nigel's lyrics is what I'm going to them for. I can I can forgive them. I can't forgive the fall this. Phil Rigby, four is yours. Well, I, I I'm not the world's biggest country fan. It's got to work pretty hard for me, really, for me to find anything interesting in it. And there are there is some country stuff that I really really love, like Jimmy Webb and Glen Campbell and 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 those kind of things um so i'm not completely uh, against it but as as everyone else has said this is a it's a really great song that they've just kind of smeared the balls all over haven't they really in terms of uh, what they've done with it it's it's not it's it's not it's not doing anything for me really i've listened to this tune a few times both in the past and then kind of uh, on the run up to, to today. And I just couldn't find anything in it. it. It's like, well done for to Ezra to try and find some positives there. But that was a fairly extreme scenario to set up to find something, find something of merit in this tune. But uh, but well done, though, because I, I really couldn't at all. It was uh, it did zip for me. I think Tim is going to concur. Let's hear what he says. Bland and inept. How many times do we have to listen to it on the album? Just not good at all. Yes, and we agree. We agree. Have we agreed so, with everything so far? Um. Well, pizza versus fireworks went to the wire, so not really. Susan versus Youth Club. It's really challenging us <laughs> at all, isn't it? I mean, no. I mean, to be <laughs> All right, let's all just assume we're voting for Susan Verthes Youth Club. If nobody's, if nobody pipes up in the next five seconds, I'm, I'm giving it. It's going through. All righty. So that brings us to the last showdown of the evening, which is Weather Report 2 off Your Future Our Clutter 2010 versus 9 out of 10 off New Facts Emerge 2017. Let's have a bit of a listen to Weather Report 2. <laughs>
la la. Alistair, weather report two. It's absolutely fantastic there, isn't it? Um, don't say like the band weather report, but um, it's it's just as interesting. The start where it's like really nice kind of uh, chilled out guitar indie type sound to it. it is that's just beautiful. Love the synth. Uh, it's like dead minimal at the beginning. It's probably one that could do uh, like the first part that could be on Phil Soppy list. Then it gets a bit more sort of avant-garde, like uh, minimal bleak synth stuff going on and uh, percussion that, with, with the snare sound that reminded me a bit of uh, some of the uh, you know electronic noises, really early electronic snare noises. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful stuff, very earthy, uh, very na- natural sounding, no muse or bollocks in there. Um, like it, can't criticise that at all. No, beautiful. It's like uh, it's just those two kind of chords going back and forth. Really nice, uh, jazzy. Again, similar to that petty thief, thief wire. It's got a, a way more jazzy a feel, even post Rocky. Again, like it's thinking a band like Tortoise would do. Uh, you know, get the vibes going on this, and it would be. Uh, it could be an epic. Eleni is the star of this one, like all the way through. She's just coming in with, with inspired choices. And, and I think Brian was saying last week, he mentioned this track. When he talked to Eleni, she was saying that, that she wished they'd done more stuff like this. It's open, it's sprawling. She's not having to play the one note kind of keyboard line. She's able to kind of bring sounds in and, and it is beautiful. And then about halfway through, yeah, and my name, half of the bit, two minutes in, it breaks down to those distorted bass and a lot more noises and and uh yeah absolutely brilliant and and smith's on form i look to the right to the left the whirlpools cascade over my face and i watched murder she wrote at least five times um apparently there's some hints that this was around the time he he got one of his first diagnoses of kidney cancer and there's some talk whether or not the weather report not being good is a reference basically to his uh, like health checks this is the one that he came through on. So I think he, he um, uh, was given the all clear on that one in about 2015. But yeah, really great song that I didn't really know. I'd heard it maybe once or twice. Before. And then right at the end, he comes in with that comment about uh, less Jackson, more Saxon. because And apparently that's a reference to Sky Saxon of the seeds dying on the same day as Michael Jackson. And obviously nobody give, paying any attention whatsoever to Sky Saxon. What about... Ezra on this song weather report too. Well, you know, I mean, earlier I said there were two really tough decisions to make today, and this is the second tough decision because both of these songs, in my mind at least, are just works of incandescent beauty. And I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil things a little bit by saying straight off the bat that my vote is for this track. Because of that, with your permission, I want to read the entirety of the lyrics to nine out of ten. Um, you have so my permission. Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate that. Um, and I will edit them out later. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you as you like, but but yeah. This song is so fucking amazing. And, and and for me, it kind of reminds me a lot of the Velvet Underground because you've got this incredible transition. And of course, it starts out sounding velvety, but then you get into the like the kind of second half with that incredible coruscating, like crushing, like kind of synth bass going on. And it really reminded me just in terms of that, of like uh, white light, white heat or something. And yeah, it, it's... 
such a lovely song and uh, i'm just going to read some of the some of the lyrics here i made a very very big mistake nobody has called me sir in my entire life you gave me the best years of my life i looked to the right then the left the whirlpools cascade over my face and i watched murder she wrote at least five times the cast deserved to die yeah fantastic great stuff love a whirlpool sweet sweet Phil Rigby, how many times did you watch Murder, She Wrote? Never, really. Not a big fan of Angela Lansbury. Um, I, I, I'm going to agree with everything that Ezra has just said. I, I think this is quite a remarkable bit of music, especially for where, they are, where he is in his career and kind of output and stuff. And you think, you, you get to points in this podcast where you, you think you've heard all the good stuff and then something like this pops up and after a few listens you realise that oh my god it's there's still like loads of gems knocking around this is definitely one of them it hits a number of beats through the song which which both you and Ezra have kind of picked up on but it's it's the the kind of the change in flavour really as you go through it which is so surprising and yet but it all hangs together so well it's and it is there's something to do with that space in the in the track that allows everybody to do what they need to do. The the Eleni, like you say, is is really bringing the air game to this. And then you just get these little pithy comments that come through from Mez, don't you? Which just kind of carry the whole piece, like the the lines of not deserving rock and roll and never being called sir and all that kind of stuff. And it's I, I, I'm not. I, it makes sense given the context that you said about his diagnosis that that's that's really what he's talking about. Because I must admit, I wasn't sure what the golden thread was running through the song, but that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I, I found myself being really quite moved and surprised by this song. It's uh, it was great. And I, again, as Ezra said, I, I think this is the toughest choice this evening, really, between these two tracks. I agree, absolutely. Timothy is going to like this, hasn't he? Timothy, all bets are off three. Right. Melancholy and Burr, Mez sounding somewhat haunted. Love the simple synth line that insistently winds the ascending step. I always feel a bit uncomfortable when Mez says anything about sex, here especially. Grotty and grimy, and we indeed don't deserve his rock and roll. The way the rumbling tape loop thing comes in is a wonder too. Good shit. Good shit indeed. But it's up against a very strange track, the very last fall song to be recorded, as far as I know, which features only him and... Um, Greenway! And, uh, and uh, Peter Greenway. Let's have a listen to 9 out of 10 off New Facts Emerge 2017.
what a way to fucking sign off. He's got everything in there. It's raw. It's wonky. It's just him and the guitar. You know, this could have been a storming garage rocker, you know, 10 years earlier or whatever, like Imperial Wax era that just straight down the line like you know a, a proper but instead it's just pain heart on the sleeve just it's wow it, it is brutal and then you know he's got his little giggles in there and his laughs he's laughing but you know and come and listen to my story from when i started i was in an orphan home since i was one and when i was there they gave me one out of ten one out of ten you know what? I'm going to let Ezra read it all because it is beautiful. But, you know, I took it as one way to read it is, is him scoring himself 9 out of 10. Or more or less people, just the people gave him a 9 out of 10 for whatever it was that he did. So apparently he was in the pub with Greenway, Peter Greenway. And, the, and he said, like, we didn't know at the time it was uh, be the last album or the last track. I met Mark for a beer and we ended up at the studio. I was too drunk to play. Mark just spouted lyrics about his life spontaneously. So uh, the song came to a natural end and Greenway stopped playing and no, said Smith, play it again. So there's that little gap in the middle, right, where he plays again. He got up and walked slowly around the studio, tapping bits of percussion while Greenway strummed the chords for three, four, then five minutes. And that's exactly how we hear it on the record. The guitar resumes, but Marky Smith is now silent. It's from Uncut Magazine, July 2019. What else can I say, Philip Rigby? Yeah, so for for me, it's the the guitar is uh, the first thing that I latched onto with this. It's such a marathon sprint all the way through it, and complete kudos to Greenware because I think it's a it's a brilliant guitar performance. This. Um, and it just powers the whole track through. It gives Smith the opportunity to really just... Reminds me of that. I can't remember who said it now, but the, there's a famous quote, isn't it, about writing being very easy. You just slit your veins open and pour it into the typewriter. And it, to me, that just feels like what Marky Smith is doing on this record. He's just It's just trauma being screamed down a microphone, isn't it? And there's the same with the guitar. It's, it's just... You can almost hear the blood coming out of his fingers as he's uh, as he's rattling those strings all the way through, and it's got that great sort of slap back reverb on it, um, giving it that classic kind of sound. And um, I was I, again, I was really really moved by this, and I don't know how how biographical those lines are that Smith's coming out with, really, but. In terms of, uh, of believing it in the moment, uh, I thought this was a pretty majestic thing to go out on. So, uh, so well done all round. Well done, Smithy, and well done, Greenway, and everybody else. It, it ties a perfect bow, I think, on the fall. Yeah. Alistair, we had a bit of chat yesterday. Maybe you didn't feel quite the same way, but has your mind been changed? Well, you know, the, the, the lyrics and the vocals are like, you know, the little quirky Smithyisms that are in there. Um, you know, it was a nice little story as well, Bear. It. But yeah, it's not my bag of glue, this one. It's the guitar that, that I really don't like. Um, I don't like the sound of it. It's too reverby. All the rhythm and I find the riff a bit boring. So no, not for me, my friend. Fair enough. Each to their own. Tim three. So this is going to be interesting, isn't it? Let's see what he's put. 
All mm. right. But goes on way too long with no effect. Do you reckon this is Mez strumming? Question mark. I have to admit, I don't get the appeal. Looking forward to hearing what you lot have to say about it. Well, Invisible Tim Stew, what we have to say is there's a bloody beautiful, marvellous heart on your sleeve, balls out, meditation on the end of life. Obviously, you're a heartless ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> But Ezra, the floor is yours. All righty. So, yeah, I mean, one thing I was going to say about the the weather report part two, but also applies equally here, is that it's one time that he kind of like lived up to the stereotypes and actually, you know, inhabited the kind of Dylan-ish kind of singer-songwriter, like proper lyrics about bollocks shit. And it really pays off as it always does. And so anyway, without further ado, I'm going to read these lyrics. So here we go. The company supplied, the company supplied, nine out of 10 they gave me, nine out of 10, nine out of 10 they gave me, nine out of 10. And come and listen to my story from when I started. I was in an orphan home since I was one. I was an orphan baby all along. And when I was, they gave me one out of one out of 10. Then I was older. I was older. Made a home when I started. Nobody cared if I was a baby, dead or alive. Nine out of 10, the company supplied. They said, too dark, baby. Baby, try and understand. You don't break rules. You don't follow them. Sublingual, five out of ten, nine out of ten. They gave me nine out of ten. And this is the other thing that I really, really fucking love about this track. I mean, apart from the bonkers kind of Sid Barrett guitar going on ad infinitum, um, is the whole concept of nine out of ten. You know, I mean, it's like, I think as a civilization, as a race of entities, we can safely just kind of be like, right, okay, you know, perfection is maybe never going to be attainable, especially in the arts. So then why is it that we have, like, you know, pitchfork or enemy or whatever constantly giving like really really excellent art really excellent music nine out of ten as opposed to just being like yeah it's ten out of ten i mean it's flawless or it isn't right but every time there's a flawless album it gets nine out of ten and i love the way that he fucking latches onto that um, and so, you know, whereas Weather Report is maybe somewhat modern, this has got the killer fucking self-piss-taking humor that I love in the fall. Yeah, I think on, on my grave study, if it just said Brendan O'Leary, 9 out of 10, it would be, that, I mean, that would, that's, that's both amazingly poignant and very funny, right? If you just saw someone's grave yeah, study, right, right. It just said 9 out of 10. And if you like, yeah, it's, it's brilliant, but it's also like, yeah, very touching. Um, it's the time. It's that time of day, gentlemen. Alistair, which way are you going? Are you going for weather report or nine out of ten? I'm going weather reports. I thought as much. How about Tim? Uh, yeah, he's gone weather report. Well, I've gone nine out of ten. And we already know Ezra earlier through his cards on one side. But let's wait and see, shall we? Philip, which way are you going? I'm not sure I can decide between them. I, th- I think I'm going to have to give them both three, really. Oh, so you're splitting your vote, which unfortunately <laughs> means that the, the, the report goes through regardless. So, Ezra, uh, <laughs> which way are you going? Well, you know, I'm very conflicted, but yeah... I, I, I think I will go for weather report just for the like. I mean, it's the full band thing, but they're both so fucking beautiful. So in the uh, end, not that close. You share of cunts. 
Um, <laughs> anything <laughs> else to add, gentlemen? Anything else to add to today's proceedings? So um, that means that tonight, Muzarowski's daughter. Light slash fireworks, Susan versus Youth Club, and Weather Report all went through to the next round, and we're saying goodbye to some good, some not so good tracks. Well, chaps, I'm gonna love you and leave you. Bye. See you later. Yeah. Bye.